When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, she can, she can Does she still it. believe it? Does she still believe it's Santa Claus? Yes. Oh yeah. Don't show oh, it. don't show Yeah, don't oh, be, don't be a dick. Don't be that terrible father. Oh, dude, that's such a good tip. Oh my god, no, I would have ruined the whole thing. No, 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 you can't. Wait till think, she's ten. Think of all the terrible parents who don't have access to Joe Dante oh, to my warn god. them. Oh Jesus! Well, I, I, I have some people who just say, "Well, when it comes on, we we skip forward." <laughs> I think it's better to just wait for their old. I, Joe, I'm going to take your advice yeah. and I'm going to save, <laughs> save, save myself some anguish on Christmas morning. Run Explorers instead. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Oh, they love Explorers. Jesus. This is the Movies That Made Me with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. Dude, how are you guys? Doing good. Good. So you this is all we question. do now, you know. We, this, yeah. hey, we don't, have, we don't have a life. We just this do is this. all what anyone does now. <laughs> this is all we do. This is all we can do now. Uh, I loved your episode with the uh, Chapo boys. Uh, oh, that was good. Uh, yeah, they're really, they're really. Uh, I'm big fans of those guys, and <laughs> that was a great, 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 great episode. I just I thought that was such a great topic because there are so many movies that we oh all love God. that are so morally and politically reprehensible. It's, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. As are as are most of us. As are most. Yes, exactly. It's funny. I was thinking. I was thinking when when I was trying to think of what are some things to do. I was like, oh well, maybe an interesting area would be comedies you couldn't make anymore. But well, then that's I a pretty big order. That's it's a, a pretty big order. I also a lot of comedies. I just and comedies it, made before two thousand and five. Seriously, yeah. I just fear it would have devolved into like three older white guys complaining about political correctness. Oh, which, well, we, which we have on occasion devolved into. Uh, hey, so. I, I, I get it. I get it. We did. Uh, who was it? It was. Oh no, Julian Ditsberg, who did um, a regular episode in the Pandemic Parade. I thought he was serious, and then he just ran away from it. He wanted to do um, uh, his favorite movies by canceled filmmakers. <laughs> oh, wow, there's some there's there's some names on there. Because I mean, I'll go to you know fucking Growing Chinatown, daily. man. I will never yeah. apologize for Chinatown. Uh, you can't apologize. Are you reading? Uh, are you guys reading the 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 Big Goodbye? It's good. I finished it's, it. You finished it. I'm really good. Go, that first half is the best half because that's the half about Philanthropy. That's the, I sort of slowed down after the first half and then never finished it. No, no, it's 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 still good, uh, but it, it's the, the drama sort of leaks out of it after yeah. that stuff because it's so dramatic. Yeah. yeah. Such um, a good book. But it's loving really a it. good book. Loving it. I just, I love the fact that I did, was, was the fact that Robert Town had a guy who wrote with him and for him and never took credit and doesn't seem to get paid. Was that? That, was, that, known, that was not known to me until I read that. I, I, I mean, never, I thought that was his whole thing. He's like the solo genius who goes yeah. away and comes back with pages. And it's but like, he has no, a muse. He has a muse. He's got a muse? Unknown and unpaid. That's not right. a muse. That's a, that's a, I don't know. I got, I got to get one of those. Yes, yeah, I need one too. Yeah, looking for a brilliant screenwriter willing not to take money or credit. <laughs> it would save me a lot of work. 
<laughs> Absolutely. So I, I have to ask you one question before we dive in seriously, because you're doing yes, the sir. thing and no one gives me the answer. And I don't, I, I, I've had a weird reaction to all this. Um, obviously, all of us have longer hair now. Yeah. It's the beard. Are you normally yeah. a beard guy? Uh, I'm normally a go two, three weeks without shaving guy. Okay. But, but for, for this, I was like, let's, let's let it shine. Like, here's the question, though. I get why we have the long hair. Yeah. Like, I now, like, if I didn't put dippity-doo in my head, I'd look insane. What, what's with the, we, you shaved before the pandemic. Yeah, but shaving, come on, it's it's boring. Nobody I likes would, to shave. But it was it's, always boring. It's like the pandemic know, why, not Why changed. bother if you don't have to? That's the thing. I would do it occasionally just so mm -hmm. I wouldn't walk into a pitch meeting looking like uh, I'm, I'm protesting the governor of Michigan. I'm <laughs> uh, <laughs> holding a long gun. But, uh, uh, but now that I'm the only people I need to impress are my family, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Got it. Okay. Because I've had this weird thing where now I never shaved and now I shave the sides. Should you be doing like I'm imposing order on chaos or something? Well, if you, <laughs> if you don't if you don't shave occasionally, it becomes much more difficult. Uh, yes, yes. I, I try to do it every other day just because it's so much easier than if I wait a week. It's well, also Joe, your hair still looks. You still have your amazing, beautifully coiffed trademark zoo. Still got a good head of salad, man. Yeah, good head of salad. <laughs> What's going on there? Is somebody coming and cutting your hair? Who me? Yeah. No, it's it's my hair. Has it? Have you had a cut since this began? I did. I had one one haircut since this. Okay, because it just or I'm else, just saying you're, would, you're, everyone else is starting to look like Grizzly Adams, and you no, still no, have I, that I, amazing. I'd look more like like Sunny and Cher <laughs> together. <laughs> together. Um, mm. Good God! Well, like, thank you. Should we? Should we? Uh, uh, let's let's uh, let's um, introduce our guest. I guess. I mean, why not? I'm here. Well, Back to the old thing of podcasts, it's like I, I always feel weird introducing guests because anybody who's listening already knows that our guest this week is Ike Barinholtz, uh, sure, great, uh, writer, comedian, actor, filmmaker uh, from Mad TV to uh, neighbors. Forgive me, I hadn't seen this, um, and someday I will because uh, I'm fascinated by it. And of course, you mentioned it, you were on a podcast with uh, friends and former guests of ours, uh, Chapo, and this came up, and I, I didn't realize you were in Suicide Squad, which. I was yes. I you played. Got to, I got to be part of that. I I, uh, I remember at the time I was a real big fan of the comic, mm -hmm. and I said to my agents, I was like, "Hey, I see they're making this movie. I'd love to be in it." And then I got a call, and they're like, "Hey, the David Ayer wants to talk to you." And I was like, "Oh my god, great!" And I was like, "Who am I going to be? I know Will Smith's Deadshot. Maybe I could be Boomerang. Maybe a Rick Flag." And then he's like, "Yeah, we want you to play the uh, prison guard who sexually torments." <laughs> Uh, Margot Robbie and I was like, okay, okay, uh -huh. okay. D -d different, definitely different part than I envisioned. Um, but I, I really like David. I, I, I really, we had first of all, we had a lot of, lot of fun making that movie. I don't know, I, I don't know if I'll ever get a chance. If anyone will ever be on a chance to be on a movie like that, that size. I mean, that was the, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars and just yeah. sets the biggest sets I've ever seen and so many guns. We had four different armory guys on set it was just it was a, just a huge celebration of uh excess and uh i made some really good friends so i was i, I loved it i loved it uh, and then also i should say the the writer director and star of uh, uh the oath which is a um uh it's comedy uh depressingly timely yeah, yeah. <laughs> i made it i made it i made it three years ago it's on hulu and now you know 
I keep getting tweets from people who are like, "Thanks, dude. hey, this movie really fucking bummed me out, but I loved it." And I'm like, "Oh, that's that's what I'm trying to do." That's what I'm well, it, yeah, it uh, definitely succeeds. Um, but uh, thank, thanks for joining us, Wayne. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm a huge fan. I was very happy to have you. I was raving to Joe before we started uh, how I've grown up uh, watching his films, and oh. uh, this is very, very cool <laughs> yes, for me. Oh, so. God. oh God! Someday to learn, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> And we all have a friend in common, uh, my cousin, the great Adam Rifkin. Well, we have yes, a person we know in common. I wouldn't go so far as to. Uh, <laughs> he's easily one of the most unpleasant people in show business. He's deeply unpleasant. Not a, not a nice man. Not very serious. Not That's funny. Libel. I, I, I hate how every time we go somewhere, nobody knows him, and I have to introduce him to everyone because uh, nobody, nobody. Uh, yeah, no one knows. No one, no one's ever met him. We are joking. It's absolutely fucking insane. You go anywhere with Adam Rifkin and you have to add an extra hour because he can't walk six feet without somebody coming up and going, hey, Rifkin. What's under that hat is what I keep wondering. Um, oh, uh, well, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, wow, wow. I was about to leap to something that I realized now. Would be it's a perfectly anti-Semitic. So. I, well, I was going to say, it's funny because I was going to say, it's a, ironically, it's a perfectly quaffed Adolf Hitler haircut. No one knows this. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's a long ponytail, but no, he is, he's, he's styled a look. Uh, it is his look. I'm not sure that hat comes off, frankly. Mama blunts. Indeed. So now we have uh, we've done we've done uh, due diligence by uh, Adam Rifkin. By the way, what's I, I what, something? Um, the last movie star just popped up on some cable thing or something or other, and it's it's getting new have, life. Have you seen it? it oh, oh, I saw it. I, in know, the, I saw it. I saw it at the ArcLight at the premiere with my dad. It was a great night. We're it's so, a nice movie. It's yeah. so it's so nice, and it really is again very echoing of the moment we're living in. I feel like where it's we're kind of looking back at this old world and what we had, and heading into this very <laughs> scary new world where we might die. Um, it, it 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 really kind of captured this this nice moment, and Bert was great, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I was a big fan. Yeah, it is uh, such such a good film. Yeah, um, really beautiful. Highly recommended to our folks. And uh, um, sorry, Adam has failed to get Burt Reynolds for us on the show. But yeah, come on, man, happy, step it up. We're happy to settle for Ike. Um, step it up, guys. <laughs> well, I too was on Evening Shade for many years, so this this works out. Uh, that's great. Um, so Ike, you, yeah, I, I loved your. We we went back and forth sometimes. You know, when we when we uh, get to people through sort of long, tenuous connections of PR people and agents and so forth, it's 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 a struggle even to get the concept that like we just want them to come in and talk about ten movies across. But um, when when you get people, we have the personal connection. We actually like to make them work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Ike, Ike had a great idea um, and has done his homework, and uh, I, I really love it. Tell tell Joe what because Joe doesn't have any idea what we're talking about. Well, so what I did is we, we, I was thinking, you know, what are movies that I, in, there, there's multiple times in my life where I have watched a movie and connected with it and loved it. And then later kind of found out that it's quote unquote bad, right? And or considered just, bad. It considered bad, exactly. Considered bad. And it just kind of made me think about what is bad. It's so subjective. Not that there aren't some movies that have been made that are objectively bad. I've been in some of them. Um, but, but, um, there's a lot of movies that kind of exist in this space where unfortunately now I think everything is kind of boiled down to the, to the rotten tomato of it all. And I think we all kind of know the, the, the flaws of that, but I, I just kind of thought, what are some movies that I really love for whatever reason, um, that would not be considered quote unquote, a good movie by some. 
So I just good point. I don't think we've talked about this just for one thing. The the um the rotten tomatoes thing is so frustrating that somebody needs to put out a formula because so far there's two things I know about rotten tomatoes. If if a horror film gets over 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, you need to run to see it because it's fucking great. Yeah. And if a superhero movie gets less than 99%, you should avoid <laughs> it like the plague. <clears throat> That's pretty much, you can bank on that, but I'm sure you could break it down even more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it, I, I, uh, I appreciate that there's a site out there so people can read more and stuff, but it is so reductive that it, it, it's hard to, so anyways, I was just kind of thinking of some movies that I know I like and I think are good but other people might not think are good. And I just think it kind of leads to what is good, what is bad. It doesn't matter. Um, so I, I, I just kind of started making a list. And uh, it's definitely, uh, as I told Josh, action forward. Um, these are a lot of movies that I kind of watched when I was younger. Um, and I thought the first one we can kind of discuss is uh, the, the uh, classic uh, Tango and Cash. I'll tell you one thing. Whoever set us up is really connected. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Relax. Soap. And don't flatter yourself. I don't know how familiar you guys are with uh, Tango and Cash. Two. Two you are. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking uh, We're looking at 1989. So really at, at just kind of the tail end of cocaine. <laughs> uh, it's weird. I'm seeing here. There's two directors, uh, Andre Konchalovsky and yeah. Albert Magnoli. Were they a directing team? Uh, no, no. Oh God, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love that. You gotta, you gotta remember that the, the the DGA frowns on directing teams. I mean, every oh, so I, often, I know. Every so often they leave. They 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 cut a deal for Bill Murray and his director friend and right. Zuckers or something like that. But for the most part, they they really are down on it. Anytime two directors get a credit, it means one director started it and the other director finished. Finished it. Yeah, we've actually my writing partner. We we were going to try to make it as a directing team, and we ended up going to the Western Directors Board and kind of pitching our case, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> they were like, they were like, we appreciate you guys. We're we're big fans. Great spirit. No. Um, so anyway, Joe, I mean, so I'm because I've heard that before, and I've never. Do you understand the logic behind it, Joe? Or the, at least well, the one man, one film is the logic. I mean, they they really do believe that uh, they're it's their guild, and they 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 believe there's a certain degree of responsibility that goes with being a director, uh, and uh, there better be a good reason if there's going to be more than one of them. And I think too, part of it is also kind of remnantal of. A more kind of it has more um protective undertones because then like in 1944 like whatever uh david o selznick wouldn't be like you're fired and my cousin is going to finish it you know what i mean like it's it's basically protecting the creator um so i i get it i get it um anyways obviously this was a situation where this was not a directing team this was not the cone brothers coming together to tell a story about two la cops um but yeah, I, 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 I rewatched it not too long ago. I saw it in the theaters and uh, it's just, it's a movie that is, look, here's the deal. There are things that happen in it that are fucking insane, that make no sense, no logical sense, right? The, the first scene of the movie, the first scene of the movie, you have Sly, who is I'm pretty sure he's cash. I can't remember if he's Tango or Cash. He's Cash. I can't remember. Let's say he's Cash. Let's say he's Cash. For purposes of argument. 
so he's he's chasing a car right he's chasing this big truck around he's chasing a huge truck down like a highway and he blows past the truck and like goes like 500 yards in front of the truck and stops in the middle of the road and pulls out a gun so right away you're like okay he's gonna take out this truck with a gun okay first of all he pulls out a 38 snub nose it's ridiculous gun to try to take down a truck and he did they do a thing where they like he empties the bullets and puts in like what i guess are like special bullets but they don't really truck, truck stoppers truck stoppers yeah the truck stoppers Win, uh, winchester truck stoppers yes <laughs> so okay so he's 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 he he basically just waits till the truck's getting close to him and just starts firing at the drivers um one of the drivers, by the way, is the great. Do you guys know uh, Robert Zadar? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yes. Robert Zadar, the great. Oh, I forgot he's the. You know, he's the truck driver, right? So Sly takes a shot, like misses Robert Zadar, takes another shot. Robert Zadar's like, "Oh my god, this guy's crazy!" Takes a third shot, and like Robert Zadar's like, "He's too crazy. I'm hitting the brakes," and he hits the brakes so hard, and Sly's standing right there. He's standing right fucking there. In, 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 in 10 times out of 10, he would just get wiped right off the road. But no, the, the, the Robert Sadar hits the brakes so hard that both drivers come flying out of the windshield, not wearing, not wearing seatbelts. Dumb, stupid. Um, they fall down. They're still alive, right? In reality, they'd just be like a mangled pile of bones, right? So he's sitting there, right? And then, then all, the, all, the, all the other cops show up, you know, and they're like, what the fuck, asshole? Fucking, we searched it. There's nothing here. You know, and Sly's like, do you, do you look in the gas tank? Do you even look in the gas tank? And he pulls out that little gun. And this is the craziest shit ever, right? He shoots the gas tank. And then cocaine starts spilling out of the gas tank. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's uh, I mean, obviously, it's completely impossible. And I... I, I think they might have just put a bucket under that Coke and brought it right to the catering tent. And just <laughs> let's, let's have a nice long lunch. But no, it is, it's been a while. I'm trying to remember, but is the, impl the implication is not that the truck is running on cocaine. No, the, the implication is, is that there's a second gas tank that's loaded with, with just loose Coke. Loose Coke. They didn't put it in bags or anything. They just, they, just, they took like a, like, a, like, a, like a sieve or something and just dumped Coke in it. It's like, I don't think that's the way you would do it so um so anyway so right away off the bat it's completely bad shit um but uh super entertaining kurt i love kurt russell i'm a huge kurt russell fan i saw oh, the yeah. thing when i was really young i met him i've hung out with him he's like the fucking coolest guy you know he is like sly's a little stiff in it but i mean i know it's like a two-hander so he has to be kind of like the straight man. Well, that's Kurt the gag Russell, is that he's sort the of the stiff, bookish one. Right, right. He wears but glasses. Kurt, which is that, which is like whenever Stallone's wearing glasses, it's not going to be great. Like he just, he's not a glasses guy. Uh, but Kurt Russell is like in his comfort zone. So funny, so cool, so laid back. Um, but the reason this movie kind of goes into the next level for me is it is one of my all-time favorite villains um it's the great jack palance um plays like this gangster named uh eve paray right and yeah guys this fucking he's so okay so his big problem is these two these two cops tango and cash which he like 
at one point he has these two rats in his hand. He's like, Tango and Cash, Cash and Tango. What do I do about these cops? And he's talking to like these two other gangsters that are with him. Like one's like a fucking whatever, like a, like a Russian guy. And the other's like James Hong, you know? It's like, it's like back in like, I guess in the 80s, like the LA underworld was just a bunch of ethnic gangs run by this weird whatever. Sure. <laughs> First generation French American. Um, um, so he's like, I need to get rid of these guys because they're fucking up my business. And, and James Hong is like, well, sir, we should, we should kill them. And he's like, no, 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 use, use your imagination. Use your man. I have a much better plan. And so this, it's one of the funniest bad guy plans ever, right? To get rid of these cops, okay? He is going to, <laughs> he's going to frame them. He's going to frame Tango and Cash on a relatively minor charge. He's going to c- convince their lawyers to make them convince he- each other to make a plea deal to go to jail for 18 months. And Jack, and, and, and they, they go to jail, whatever, and then you see fucking Jack Palais celebrating with the other gangsters. And he's like, we did it. We'll never see them again. And, and, and James Wong is like, but sir, what happens when they get out in 18 months? And Jack Palance is like, oh, don't worry. They're not getting out. And I'm like, wait a minute. Your fucking plan was to kill them the whole time, but just in jail. It's so dumb. Like it just, like if you wanted to kill, if you want to kill two cops, you just, you just go and you kill them. Like you don't, whatever you don't, you don't, you don't rely on the intricacies of the legal system to get them (laughs) into a minimum security prison and then make payments to prisoners inside. It just, it's, it's a crazy, crazy, crazy uh, plan, but I think it's indicative uh, movie and again, I don't know what the Rotten Tomato score on this is, but I do remember when it came out that weekend. Pretty sure Roger Ebert was like, "This movie stinks," <laughs> and oh, yeah. I I think it's just one of those where it's just like pretty much whenever it's on, I'll watch it and I just I just like it. I think it's a good movie. It's uh, it's um, I, I I hate I hate even saying their name, but yeah, here you go, thirty percent uh, Rotten. Oh yeah, that's bad. That's, yeah, uh, yeah, um, brother. You what? Preach, preach brother. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I didn't just, realize Magnolia yeah. had worked on it because, yeah, he's not credited. Um, and Konchalovsky was a weird one because he had done his big credit over here. Runaway Train. Runaway Train. Runaway Train. Yeah, great movie. Genuinely great movie. Genuinely great movie. John Voight. Amazing. John Voight. First time we really noticed how out of his fucking mind John Voight was, although we yeah. thought it was just a performance, I think. Something yeah. happened to him, though, between like whatever, Conrack and that. Like he got <laughs> radicalized somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, well, I'd love to know where that started. Well, I imagine it was tough. Uh, a young, handsome man on the streets of New York city, having to sell his body for sex. It can scramble anyone's brain. That, that, that I, I well, you probably know that uh, people just play parts. No, I, no. I, I think everyone is method. Like, <laughs> What's the next, the next tango in cash? Uh, yes. Uh, next thing, this is uh, a little bit smaller, but I, I was thinking about um, I was thinking about the movie Volcano. Good morning, Southern California. We're heading for a high of 75 degrees. Didn't take long to get our first zig alert this morning. This morning, shaker surprised all of us here in the Fox 11 newsroom. This was a small to moderate earthquake. Epicenter in magnitude is infratensified. Epicentered in Palmdale. Palmdale. 
If a dam breaks and the mayor calls, I don't want you telling her Rourke went fishing. Okay, we don't pull her off the slopes for even a 4.9. Gas explosion in the MacArthur Park area. Rescue crews. Public Works lost seven guys. What's going on? Three guys on the storm drain. They had a steam pipe and got scalded. Steam did that. Steam doesn't try tissue like this. Methane? Something else. We got a problem. Number four trend, westbound. Temperature on board reads 20 degrees above normal. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Vault. Is that the, is that the one that was they rebuilt the Beverly Center in yes. Mexico? Yes. Yeah. No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's so basically you all remember like 1997, as Hollywood is wont to do, they had two exact same movies coming. Two volcano out. movies, yeah. Two volcano movies. Yeah. Dante's Peak and and Volcano, and I think like. Over the years, I think they're both pretty not well received, but I think over the years, Dante's Peak has kind of been like rediscovered and people it's are at like least taking them with a little less contempt. Yeah, Volcano. Now that's I'm a volcano boy. I, I, I saw it in theaters. I'm I'm kind of all I remember from it really was was I don't know if I'd seen him before, but uh John Carroll Lynch. John Carroll Lynch, he's, he's so moving in that film. Slowly, well, he's not moving fast enough. Yeah, <laughs> by fucking magma. Um well, that's for first of all, fantastic cast. Um, yeah, I'll watch Tommy Lee Jones do anything. Yes, like literally any movie. I think Anne Heche is great. Fucking Don Cheadle's in there, rocking yeah. the backwards Kangle Cat in the emergency uh, network yeah. room. John Carroll Lynch, uh, Gabby <laughs> Hoffman's the daughter, Keith David. It's it's like a legit, really good cast. Yeah, and um, I am just kind of a sucker for Los Angeles disaster movies. Um, I saw Earthquake on TV when I was a kid, and I loved it. I loved are you it. I are like, you from here? No, I'm from Chicago. I grew up. I grew up okay. uh, 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 uptown in Chicago, uh, but uh, always loved LA. Was always obsessed with yeah. like, out west and stuff. And I remember seeing it, and being like, I remember like when I first moved to LA, and there was an earthquake, and I turned to my friend, and I go. We got to move towards the canyon. And he goes, <laughs> why? I go, Charlton Heston said an earthquake. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the first time you saw Earthquake after you moved here? Uh, no. God, no. Probably went one night late on TV. It's, just, it's such an even more joyful thing. When yeah. 90% of the film takes place in my neighborhood. So I get to watch all this stuff. You should have seen it in Sense Around at the Chinese. And then after watching uh, the movie, you come out and you're standing in the very place that you've just seen destroyed. Uh, Yes. That is so cool. Man. And you're stoned. <laughs> and you're stoned. <laughs> I love that's why I, that's part of the reason I love LA. I just love the, the connections we still have to the history. I went to, I went with Adam Rivkin actually to go see it's a mad, 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 mad world at the dome, mm, the dome on the anniversary. Dome. And they came out and uh, uh, Mike Todd's widow came out. And she's like, Who here? You know, that was that was why they built the dome for that movie. Right. Yeah. And she's like, Who here was here on opening night? And like 20 people raised their hand. And I was like, fucking, this is the best city, man. This is the best city. Anyways, Volcano uh, fucks it all up. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, 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 you know, it's got, I'm a sucker for exposition. Like, I love scientific exposition. And it's got, it's got like so much of it is like um, Anne Heche explaining what a volcano is over the phone to Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> so there's just so many scenes where he's like, like, he's like, hello. And she's like, Hey, uh, uh, I just realized uh, the, the steam is the steam can kill you. He's like, how can steam kill you? She's like, well, in a volcano, the steam actually heats to a pressure that's not tenable. And if it pops out at the wrong time, it can melt you. He's like, are you kidding me? And then a guy gets melted. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's so, it's so just telling you exactly what it is. And 
great use of you're gonna fucking blow up LA. Give me some parts of LA I like. Give me they they yeah. burn down the LACMA. And I gotta tell you, it looks like they actually set the LACMA on fire. Like it looks it looked really good. And uh I don't know, I just love movies that are in neighborhoods. I, I spent most of my life living near Fairfax. So to see it just on fire, I don't know. I was just a very big fan of that movie. No, that's, a, that's always a thrill. So, but LACMA yeah. currently looks like it's been on fire. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> and I remember, I think I, I may have told this story here before, and I apologize to the listeners who've heard it, but I remember I, I worked many, many, many years ago when I was doing crew on a movie with Linda Hamilton and Treat Williams. Ooh. And we were in New Hampshire, and somebody came up to Linda Hamilton, who was one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet, and told her, you know, how much he loved her and, uh, and, and said, you know, I really love you in that volcano movie. And she said, oh, Dante's Peak. And he said, no, 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 the other one. <laughs> Which, <laughs> What's the like, difference? Uh, and she just, just smiled. <laughs> he thought she was Pierce Brosnan? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know, but, um, but yeah, it's also, I think it is the climax of it's really funny because it's, it's just basically they have to stop the lava. Right. So it's kind of anticlimactic because you're literally just like cooling down rocks. <laughs> um, but it's got to be without a doubt. And I want to find whoever produced the nest. It's got to be the record for most foggers used in a scene. Because that last scene, it's just all the helicopters dumping water and all the right. firemen. You're literally just watching water shoot at the screen. And then there's so much steam. And it must have just been like, like I, you know, being on set, like if you ask for like just a tiny bit of, atmospheric smoke within a minute the whole set is just completely encased in fog so i'm a big fan of foggers Volcano. i don't remember because i do remember being being uh genuinely and shocking you don't expect to be really moved by a performance in a movie like that but but lynch was great and i but i don't what was how is there a volcano in los angeles what's the explanation the explanation josh if you have uh, some exposition I, there Actually, if you went to uh, school, if you went to a school like I did, you would know that because of where the fault is, um, there's basically a bunch of water underneath it that's been heating to such a degree that it's melting the rock and it's causing these, these big pockets of magma to blow up. Is it possible? No. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Love it. Um, all right, let me see here. I'm looking at my next one here, guys. Hold on. My, my internet just quit. This is, oh, fuck, this is fucking I have to mortifying. do it from memory. No, no, no. I got it right here. Hold on. Well, I do. There is a joy in that stuff. And I remember just the, the I, I will fight for Independence Day till, till the end of time. And if that's one of your movies, I apologize. I don't want to jump ahead of us. But no. Okay. But so much of the joy of that film, I recall, I remember seeing the trailer the first time. We're seeing these landmarks that we all know. Yes. getting blown up. There was such enormous satisfaction watching the White House go down. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm an uh, unabashed fan of that, even though I think it is like very like ridiculous and cheesy and stuff. And also, uh, Judd Hirsch's performance. If you just watch it, you are officially Jewish. You, be, you literally <laughs> have become a Jewish man just by watching his performance. Um, and it is really funny, too, that kind of the way Goldblum puts it all together. He's like, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. Virus, virus, virus. Like, it's like so funny. It's so great. Didn't see the second one. Uh hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um. Okay. Next movie. This is one that's a little pedestrian that um uh, people have discussed and definitely has gotten a second life. But uh, the movie Roadhouse. Oh, can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. Patrick Swayze is Dalton. I thought you'd be bigger. Opinions vary. When he's around, anything can happen. How's a guy like you end up a bouncer? Just lucky, I guess. And usually does. If somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. Don't, don't be rude. Ask him to walk, but be nice. Help this gentleman to the door. Until it's time to not be nice. So says the fighting philosopher. Uh, a, a perennial favorite around. Perennial favorite. I, I, we had like 18 VHS tapes growing up. I don't know like how we came to get all of them, but just throughout the years, we had 18 that we would always kind of watch. Roadhouse is one of them. I don't know how it snuck in there. Um, yeah, I, I know it's basic and everyone loves it, but it really is a, just a fucking awesome movie. Um, first of all, the, uh, the concept, the notion of a famous bouncer is yes. so funny. It's just so, it's so funny. It's like, you don't even know the, the name of the bouncer at the bar you go at. Every, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's a giant, you know, anyways. And he trained under an even more famous bouncer. That, it's presupposing that there's two famous bouncers in the world. There's yes. two. And they all fucking know these guys. And um, uh, again, uh, great bad guy, Ben Gazzara. My parents were huge Cassavetes fans. So like, I would like watch Minion Moskowitz. I would watch you know killing of a chinese bookie when i was really little so i was like oh fuck i remember watching my friends and and i, I you know we were all kind of you know i think excited to see tits but then like ben gazara comes out, i'm like oh my god ben gazara my friends were like oh, fuck. I fucking care. but really a great uh great bag a great entrance he's just driving along in his classic car singing shaboom shaboom just weaving around the weaving. road just like a fucking <laughs> asshole no reason because he's a villain He's a villain. He wants he can to do what he wants, villain. and what he wants is to swerve. And then whoever just made the movie just very accurately surmised that, oh yeah, people want to watch. Um, they want to watch drunk assholes get the shit kicked out of them. Like that's all it is. There's no yeah. There's a bad guy, but he's still you know his guys are still drunk assholes. They just want to they just want to watch people get beat up. Um, great. I love. Um, I love when they take musicians who are not actors and make them mm-hmm. actors. Oh yeah. And Jeff Healy band is the, the house band. Yeah. And, and it's so great too. It's like fucking Patrick Swayze shows up and he shows up and the place looks like, like Beirut in like 1983. It's like a fucking war zone. And just, people are just fucking getting stabbed and he shows up and he you know, gives a really tough talk. And first night he like fucking beats a guy up. And then like three scenes later, it's like a new bar. It's like a totally new bar. It's clean. There's new light fixtures. The band's lost the cage. Everyone's rocking. Jeff Healy's got the guitar on his lap. Uh, it's well, isn't uh, great. And Jeff Healy, who is blind, yes. this is the first time Swayze walks into the bar. Jeff Healy just knows it's him from across <laughs> the room because of his incredible masculine presence. Well, I think, I think, in all fairness, if I'm not mistaken, his like bass player whispers something in his ear. Oh, and Jeff Healy's okay. like, oh, and he goes, like 
Well, but no, the great thing is Jeff Healy, he, the, 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 the bass player just whispers one thing, and, and then Jeff Healy goes, the name is Dalton. Like, he, how would he know what he just did? How would he know that would be a cool intro? Ah, anyway. Uh, and then, like, you're watching this movie, and it's fucking fun and great, and Kelly Lynch is beautiful in it, and it's really great. Then fucking Sam Elliott shows up. Sam Elliott's one of my favorite actors. I love him. He is... And he is so funny. He shows up. The bar is called the Double Deuce. He rolls up on his chopper. He looks at it and goes, the Double Deuce. Like, it's just like, it's so fun. I remember, like, whatever, nine. And they were like, yes! Um, uh, but, uh, and then, of course, obviously, you have a fight scene that's so good that Will Forte is like, I'm going to make MacGruber do the exact same fucking thing because he, the movie's so good that MacGruber is a fan of it. All right. So it's, it's on the list. It's just, it's on the list. So here's, um, here's um, let's, let's bring two of them together. Who would win in a fight? Kurt Russell's mullet or uh, Patrick Swayze's ooh, mullet? Ooh. Well, Kurt Russell's mullet has more like volume. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt, uh, 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 Patrick's RIP is a little more kind of tightly controlled. I will say this in a fight, like in a fist fight, those, I think Patrick Swayze is going to win. Like, no, just the mullet a, though. Just the hair, just the mullet. Um, yeah. I'm going to give it that on their own. To, I'm going to give that to Kurt. Kurt? Okay. Um, in a real fight though, you know, just remember yeah, that he, well, Patrick has gone into, he's gone to, to, to Japan to train with, uh, the ancient bouncers. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you, do you know the Bill Murray story? Joe? No. Apparently, um, for a long time there, whenever Roadhouse would end up on TV, Mitch Glazer, who is uh, married sure. to Kelly Lynch and a yes. friend of Bill Murray, oh, yeah. his phone would ring and it was Bill Murray telling him at three o'clock in the morning that he was watching Patrick Swayze have sex with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd hang up. I, 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 I heard a great Bill Murray story. I don't know if it's apocryphal or if you guys have heard it, but um, someone was at a restaurant one time. If you, stop me if you heard it. And they were eating French fries and Bill Murray walked by and just took a handful of fries off their plate and started eating them. And they looked at him and he goes, no one will ever believe you. And just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's, let's move on. Let's, all right, this is a little departure from the action break. Okay, this is a movie. Okay. It's actually, this is a recent movie. This is a recent movie. Uh, this is a movie called The Greatest Showman. And I had your attention. You're all dismissed. Bankrupt. Better luck with your next job. I am not a stranger to the dark. <gasps> this is not the life I promised you. They not even close. Because we don't want your broken parts. Girls, I think I've had an idea. Look out, because here I come. P.T. Barnum, at your service. I'm putting together a show. And I need a star. Okay. Absolutely. Here's the deal. Critically derided, by the way. Critically derided. And My I wife loves it. Okay, so here's the deal. I don't, I don't read reviews for every movie. If there's a movie coming out that I want to see, maybe I read the review, maybe I don't. But for a lot of them, I just don't even... I, this is a movie that if I did not have kids, I probably wouldn't even know it was made. I just probably wouldn't. Um, but one day it was on, and 
I watched it with my daughter and my parents were in town and I fucking loved it. I loved it. Um, I, I got like lost in the movie, right? And the musical numbers are so great that even after a musical number would end, there would be a scene going on that I maybe in my mind identify as this is a little, little uh, cheesy or they really kind of are <laughs> reducing this down to just one or two lines. Um, but then the, another song would start. And uh, listen, guy, I, are you allowed to make hot takes on this podcast? Say whatever you want. The I should warn you also that I'm cutting this entire sequence because if I let it run the show and my wife hears it, she's going to make me watch it with her. So <laughs> knock yourself out because no one's going to hear this except us. If we're talking about music only, it is a top five movie musical of all time. Music only. Mm. I'm saying the music from that movie, I will put it with any fucking West Side Story, Chicago, any of them. Are those better like films? Yes. But the music in this movie is so great. So anyways, this movie ends. I'm floored by it. And I jump on a text chain with a bunch of my friends. And I'm just, I really like, oh my God, I just saw The Greatest Showman. It's wonderful. It's so great. And one of my friends who's like my most snobby film friend just wrote, oh honey, everyone hates it. (laughs) And I remember being crushed. And I remember being like, well, they're all wrong. And, and now I've watched it like fucking 10 times. And there's definitely moments where you're like, that's, that's a little weird. But I'm still just like, no. No, it's, it's terrific. It's, 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 a, it's, it's, a, it's a load of malarkey. Yes. But it is so well put together. And it is so entertaining. And it's it, so well acted. that You know, I just don't, I, I find it irresistible. It's irresistible. First of all, I think Hugh Jackman is one of my favorite movie stars of all time. Uh, I think it is so funny that his name is basically huge jacked man. It's like, it's so <laughs> on the nose. Um, but he is like, to me, kind of the ultimate movie star. And he's like our Cary Grant. Like he's like, but he's better than Cary Grant because Cary Grant couldn't fucking kill people like Logan. Um, but uh, it's just, it's just like, it's just like, a, I've watched it 10, 15 times. I love it. We listen to the music constantly. Greatest Showman. Critics got it wrong. Wonderful film. I am doomed. You're doomed. Josh, you're going to watch it. Part of my problem has also been that that, that P.T. Barnum is just, you know, one of the worst human beings who ever lived. It's a fantasy. (laughs) It's got nothing to do with reality. So here's my question. Where is the line, though? Where is the line? If, like, if I wrote a happy So you make the same movie and you use a different name. It's the same movie. (laughs) If you made a movie where Adolf Hitler sang songs as good as in The Greatest Showman, (laughs) I think it would be very controversial. (laughs) But they've already made that movie, so they oh, have several yeah. times. Yes, <laughs> true. Very well. A stock, I believe. Um, okay, next movie. Uh, all right, the movie that unfortunately is very uh, much of the moment. Uh, it is a movie called Outbreak. In a remote African jungle, a small monkey is captured bound for a pet store in america the animal carries a deadly virus now i know that some of us have doubts about what we're about to do we'd be less than human if we didn't but the fate of the nation perhaps the world is in our hands we cannot we dare not refuse this burden I'm confident that each of you will do his duty. 
God forgive us. Uh, we're talking Barry which, Levinson. Which were, oh yeah, yeah, the Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman outbreak. I I used to in the past love movies about viruses. Uh, now I'd rather watch anything else uh, because we're living in one. Uh, but uh, saw it in the theater. Uh, there is a scene where literally a guy spreads this deadly virus in a movie theater, and I saw it in Chicago, and people were like, as that scene's going, people are like, oh come on, <laughs> they were so mad, you know. Um, uh, I've seen it probably 10 times over the years. Wow. Way, way, way too long. Way too long, man. It's like that movie should be fucking 99 minutes. It's like, it's just so, so long. Uh, has these very strange tonal moments where there's like comedy, which is like normally fine, but it's like the stakes are too high. <laughs> or like Dustin Hoffman to start doing kind of like a comedy bit with Cuba Gooding, you know what I mean? It's a little uh, oh, talk about casts. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, yeah, uh, uh, Kevin Spacey, Sutherland, Morgan Freeman. Uh, it's 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 really 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 good good performances. Um, uh, the the kicker for me in it though is I'm a huge Donald Sutherland fan, mm. and he is. It's so funny. He's like so unabashedly the bad guy like he doesn't there's no black and white it's just he's just like straight up from day one like we're going to kill everyone everyone like, but there's no ambiguity he's just purely evil um and and uh but really entertaining he gets his in the end dale die pulls a gun on him he's going to jail uh uh very very big fan of of that movie i probably don't want to watch it yeah yeah um uh, I was thinking a little bit about uh, a comedy, right? Which a bad comedy. It's a bad comedy, but again, I think it is a good comedy. Um, I don't think it got very good reviews at the time, but it is a comedy called Volunteers. It is our responsibility today to live in our own world and to identify the need. Oh, I need $28,000 to pay off a gambling debt, or else I'm a dead man. You've been a constant source of embarrassment, irritation, ever since your mother and I brought you home that day from the orphanage. Orphanage? Father, I am not adopted. I am your son. I know, I know, I know, but please allow me that little fantasy. I need the money. No. I've got to take a place on this plane. You see, some very dangerous and, and primitive people are after me. I'll kill you. Lawrence, you can't. This is the Peace Corps. I'm traveling halfway around the world to help a bunch of half-starved oppressed human beings. Tom Hanks. Uh, right. Tom That's the picture he met his wife on. That's a picture he met Rita Wilson on. Uh, uh, probably 1985, looking at, like, Nicholas Meyer directed it. Um, like Carl Gottlieb wrote it. Really good DNA in it. Clearly, this movie was pitched like the day Splash came out, and they're like, "Oh, it's fucking Tom Hanks and John Candy." You got it right. right. Um, so this was another one of the movies. This was another one of the eighteen VHS tapes we had growing up. Again, no idea how it came to us, but um, I love a good high concept comedy when they're done right, and this is actually done very well. Um, Refresher course, Tom Hanks is like this waspy blue blood. George Plimpton is his dad. He's like graduating Yale. Degenerate gambler. Loses all of his money. They're going to break his legs. 
So he basically like has his roommate give him his spot in the Peace Corps. And it's a Peace Corps comedy. So you got Tom <laughs> Hanks. A Peace Corps comedy. A Peace Corps comedy. You got Tom that, that Hanks. Genre. That genre. That genre. Famous comedy. genre. <laughs> it's the three, the three heroes are uh, Tom, Rita Wilson, and I think her first movie, and maybe arguably my favorite actor of all time, John Candy. Um, he was just like, to me, when I was a little kid, he's my favorite actor. As I've gotten older, he's still my favorite actor. Just like no one, I think, made me laugh harder, but could also make me cry really hard because he's just, he just had, he just broke your heart. He is so fucking funny in this movie. He plays real, like, annoying, kind of straight edge guy named Tom Tuttle from Tacoma, Washington. And he's like very gung ho. So they get sent to like some jungle in, in, in um, Thailand. And their mission is they have to build a bridge. They're basically like, it's the bridge on the River Kwai, but kind of funny, right? <laughs> I build a bridge for these locals. And uh, uh, <laughs> so John Candy <laughs> pretty early on gets kidnapped. <laughs> and he gets kidnapped by like basically like Chinese communists. <laughs> and there's this just great scene where he's, he's like tied up and the Chinese communist leader's talking to him and he's like, you know, Tom Tuttle, you are, we're going to brainwash you and blah, blah, blah. And Tom Tuttle's like, you will never brainwash me. I'm America's son. I'm this bird is still trapped. Nothing gets through it. And just cut to him being like, the proletarian is the only friend of the state. Like he instantly <laughs> becomes this like brainwashed Maoist. <laughs> and uh, it, it really has a, it, it's like, I think, um, Volunteers walk so Traffic Thunder could fly is how I like to think of them. <laughs> but um, another, I love 80s bad guys. And mm-hmm. uh, Tim Thomerson plays the, the, the bad guy. is kind of the, the handsome, uh, the handsome rugged guy who's kind of given, a, a, he's kind of after Rita Wilson. Uh, just a delightful film. It does have some wonky moments. Like every 80s comedy, most 80s comedy have a few wonky moments where you're like, you want to turn to your kids and you're like, trust me, this was very funny in 1984. <laughs> but but uh, it's just a great high concept comedy executed beautifully with two of my favorite actors. So what's not to like? Apparently yeah. some, some things, compa- uh, according to critics in 1985. I, I think this is the first time this has happened on the show where I'm... I'm uh... He goes volunteers. I'm like, I remember the poster. Yeah, I never saw that one. And every scene you described, I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen this movie. I had yeah. somehow erased it. Tom Hanks is very funny in it. Like he's just like you forget that like he kind of did like R-rated comedies for a second and then became like you know Philadelphia basically. And he is so funny in that that kind of dirty zone where he's bachelor just a party. Dick. Bachelor party. Lord. Starring uh, one, one of my high school fellow alumni, Adrian Zmed. Adrian Zmed! The great Zmed. High school. Went to the same high school. Wow. Um, all right, I got three left. I'm probably saving the best for last. Um, That's, they're, 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 that defeats the purpose of the list. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the best or the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I saved the worst for last. Uh, so we, we could talk about Con Air. After serving the last of his sentence... 
Cameron Poe is taking the first plane home to his wife and daughter. Today's flight is a special one. We're populating Louisiana's Felton Penitentiary. These guys are the worst of the worst. I see a lot of celebrities among us. I see 11 primetime live, three regions from Kathy Lee's, and a genuine 2020 interviewee. What you looking at, punk? Nothing, I was just on your cage. But one wrong flight. Stewardess, what's the in-flight movie today? <laughs> can ruin your whole day. What happened? We caught the plane, man! Welcome to Con Air. Jailbird 1, you are not cleared for takeoff. And nobody on this aircraft gives a flying. Con Air, I don't know if you guys have seen Con Air in a long time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, in a long time. I, I have not. I have not seen it in many I watched it not too long ago. Con Air to me is just like, it is such a simple idea. It's just, it's just a great, perfect, high concept action. We're just like, oh yeah, we're taking the worst bad guys and putting them on one plane. Like, it's just like, it's a brilliant, super clean concept. The execution of it is completely insane. Like the way Michael Bay <laughs> tells the story is like totally crazy. It's so um, it's, cra- it, it's, it's not Michael yeah. Bay. It's not Michael Bay. It's not Michael Bay. <laughs> oh, he, didn't he direct Con Air? No, it's no, Simon West. No, it was West. Simon West. Wow. <clears throat> really? I thought it was a, Michael a, Bay. A reasonable misunderstanding. I mean, I, I literally, I'm like, oh, yeah, wasn't that Michael Bay's first film? And I looked and it's like, oh, wait. It's no, done. I thought he did Bad Boys the Rock Con Air, but you're right. Jeez. Uh, first of all, they, 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 if this movie was made now, it would just be straight up, they're starting with loading the prisoners. You know what I mean? But they do the whole backstory with Nick Cage, right? And I'm a huge, 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 huge Nick Cage fan. One of my favorite wow. actors. Love him. He's fucking insane in this movie. Also he with is a mullet. The craziest mullet. Why do I feel a Mandy reference coming? <laughs> no, I'm not, I, I, you're the one who made it, Joe. I'm not going to say a word. I just wanted to preempt it. I mean, this, <laughs> I just sit and wait in suspense for you. you shot to say yourself it. in the foot. I was not going to say a word. Uh, Nick is Nick is amazing Nick in this movie said to I guess Simon West he's like look I want to do a southern accent I've been working on one I want to do it and it's it is like it is a crazy accent man like it is so funny and in conjunction with the his lines which are like super like kind of overwritten and like what kind of a man would I be what kind of man would I be in your eyes if I didn't do this thing that I told you I believe so deeply. It's like very like uh, melodramatical. Um, anyways, amazing, um, amazing cast, right? Um, first time my boy John Cusack did an action movie. Like at the time, John Cusack was like just hipster fucking cool guy kind of. And all of a sudden, John Cusack's in a big baggy suit running around with a gun. I'm kind of there for that. Um, the bad guys are so funny, man. Like, they're just like, okay, so we have this plane full of bad guys, right? The worst murderers in the world. And <laughs> at one point, like, after they inevitably take over the plane, which they do in a really convoluted way, like, they basically have Dave Chappelle. He has swallowed a little, like, like a little vial of, like, uh, alcohol and a match. And he pulls it up and squirts the guy next to him and lights him on fire. And for that plan to work, they would have had to know that the cop is going to let Chappelle go. That's going to be the cop that has the keys. 
Chappelle's going to use the keys to open them, but he doesn't open John Malkovich. He opens fucking Ving Rhames. And it's like, would, why would you just open Malkovich? Like, how do you know Malkovich is? Anyways, this is, this is, this is, <laughs> I don't know. These are things that I think about, guys. Um, uh, um, and then, like, they do this great thing where, like, they land the plane. And then you think, like, okay, I guess it's going to happen wherever they landed. And they're like, nope, we're adding another crazy guy. Steve Buscemi is the worst murderer of all. It's like, it's such a funny turn. But it just, to me, no movie really represents that kind of um, early Jerry Bruckheimer kind of very glossy, big old explosions, uh, more than Con Air. To me, it's kind of like the pinnacle of, of mid-90s action movies. So I'm, 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 I stand it. All right, guys, our last two. Um, I, I think we got it. They star the same actor. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Joe, you're right to say it like that because that actor is none other than uh, movie star, author, singer. Oh, no. Martial arts expert. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, recipient of the Honor of Russia medal. Is he a um, large gentleman? He's very he's large. A large gentleman. <laughs> Larger than ever these days. He's got a large gentleman. He, he's very uh, sedentary these days. He does fight uh, scenes from chairs in movies. He, now. He, yes, yes. We're talking about Seagal. He does do, he makes, he makes a lot of movies now, which honestly, like, he make, I think they, they shoot them in like Bulgaria in like three weeks. And, but yes, Josh, most of them are fight scenes where he is not or he's just like, okay, I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna sit in this chair. Then his contract. <laughs> then his contract. He just doesn't want to do it. So okay, so real talk. I uh, I love Steven Seagal. Um, I loved him when he first came out. I'm intrigued by his whatever life arc. It's just very <laughs> fucking fascinating to me. Um, he's so strange, but just unquestionably interesting. Uh, the, the first one I want to talk about is um, a movie called Out for Justice, which I think is his best movie. Again, no, I, no idea what it got in Rotten Tomatoes. But. It's miles from civilization. Over the arm, what? But just one subway stop from Manhattan. Hey, you want a party? Brooklyn. <laughs> they were friends. Ever since we was little. Born on these streets. Say, uh, one of us. Family. Now, after 15 years, who ever thought that I would have become a cop, huh? They will play cops and robbers one more time. But this time, Richie got out of the car and just stepped up, bang. It's no game. Three of his crew were with him. Steven Seagal. I know this guy better than anybody else. I know the neighborhood better than anybody else. Out for justice. I'm gonna keep coming back until somebody remembers seeing Richie. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's really his best movie. Yeah. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, okay. So it's so it's so simple, right? First of all, he's he is in his comfort zone. Okay. He is playing an he's Italian. In he's in a chair. No, this is this is when he was still he still didn't mind walking a little bit. Um, he's playing a, an Italian cop in Brooklyn. Gino Fellino. Gino Fellino, he's wearing a vest and no shirt. He's really feeling himself in this movie. He's like, like speaking Italian a lot. Like he adopts a dog in the beginning. The whole movie is so simple. It's uh, who, who killed my fucking partner? Who killed Bobby Lupo? 
That's the whole movie. His partner gets whacked, and he's trying to find out who it is. It's a phenomenal bad guy. It's uh, Richie, played by the great Bill Forsyth. Oh, well, yeah. Amazing actor. Amazing actor. I, I remember my parents, one of the VHSs we had, the only one they wouldn't let me watch was Once Upon a Time in America because it had pretty hardcore rape scenes in it. And so I remember one day they like went to our neighbors for like whatever, a long dinner. And I watched, oh, oh man, it's fucking amazing. I love it. Bill Forsyth's incredible in it. He's cockeyed. He's, he's great, right? And he is so good in this movie, man. He is just at a fucking full tilt, out of control, chewing the set. Uh, he's like pretty heavy in it. Like he's like thick but he can move he's strong this is back in the days where they're like oh you're 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 yeah we're gonna fucking have steven seagal throw you across the room into a table that's gonna break because they are not using a stunt double in some of those scenes like it's bill Forsyth getting flipped around sometimes and shit um phenomenal death it's the corkscrew to the brain um but the real crown jewel of this film is the scene and it's a scene, it's uh, one of my, honestly, truly, one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever. It's this scene where Seagal goes into Forsyth's bar, his brother's bar. Um, it's an eight minute scene. And the first half of it is just Seagal walking through the bar, kind of just harassing these various CD dudes, just calling them gay in different ways in Italian. You know what I mean? Just like kind of harassing all these guys. And then at one point, one of the mobsters is like, five grand, anyone who gives me this clown's badge. And Seagal's like, oh, you want to take my fucking badge? You want to take my fucking gun? He unloads his gun, he takes his badge off. And then he, he takes a pool ball and drops it into a napkin and just starts swinging it. And just just beats the shit out of like 10 men with this little pool ball. <laughs> He's knocking out their teeth and shit. Uh, at one point, this like little Asian guy, they're like, sticks, go get him. And this Asian guy sticks. It's a pool hall. And he has a, a pool cue that he breaks in half. And him and Seagal have this insane like 30-second fight where they're just hitting each other <laughs> with broken, broken pool cues. Uh, it is just like it is it, – do you ever want to watch a scene where like one man just like completely owns like a group of men? It's that scene. Like he just, he just, and, and he doesn't even like really hurt some of them. One guy, he just keeps pushing into the phone booth. It's so funny. I'm sure Seagal was unbearable when they were shooting it. It was really slapping guys and stuff, but it is, I, 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 uh, there's a lot of times if I'm in a bad mood, if I wake up and I read, uh, Donald Trump says he's whatever, going to fucking put redheads in death camps or whatever. I like I I I'll I'll watch that scene. I'll just be like, cheers you up. Oh, this makes me feel alive. <laughs> so so that's I don't know what, he just, but that was a thing that he always did that always made it just I, I couldn't key into him because it seemed like his persona in films. It was always uh, up up until then every action here. You know, Dirty Harry walks into a scene, somebody fucks with him, and he lays them out. Yes. The gall was the guy who comes in and starts bullying you immediately. Yes. yes. And and there's something, you know. He only picks on guys he can beat. 
Right. He picks on guys who are, are, are a little bit slower than him. Yeah. But I will say, like, in, in his other movies, that doesn't quite feel right. But in Out for Justice, that moment when he walks in, it just works because <laughs> he, he, he's so mad about his partner. And these guys are all scumbags that you're just like, go off, King. Go, Stephen. Go. Um, so then the last one, we're keeping it on Seagal, just because if you're going to have this list, I'm going to name two Steven Seagal movies. And I apologize. And for the record, guys, like, if we're talking about like the movies that made me, if we were talking about whatever, fucking Goodfellas and the uh, fucking Paths of Glory, we would not be having as much fun as we are right now, I assure you. Um, These movies need love also. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so so um, Seagal made, he made, uh, I believe, Hard to Kill, Out for Justice, and... Above, yeah, above the law, above the hard law. to kill, out for justice. Those were like his big three. Then he did like a movie that kind of bombed. Then he kind of went away and whatever. So he's like, I'm going to focus on my, my music. And then his kind of comeback. No, 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 I'm sorry. Under Siege. He did Under Siege. Yeah. Then he did kind of a, a, a bunk one. And then Under Siege 2 was kind of one of his comebacks, right? So let's talk about Under Siege 2. secret satellite with nuclear capabilities a team of international terrorists a government held hostage the president and the others been safely evacuated an undetectable moving headquarters i'd like to call your attention to the highly trained men with the automatic weapons they may be called upon to shoot you there's only one problem any other heroes the cook from Under Siege is back. I'm not even a good cook, but there are some things I'm good at. And things are really heating up. Two. Poland. Two. Well, you did say bad. You did say bad. Okay. Poland, dark territory. <laughs> yeah, it's on a train. Um, first of all, every time anything after a colon is dark territory. <laughs> I just made up that joke. Sorry. Um, so this is the sequel to um, the hit film Under Siege 1 which is a legit great movie. Andy Davis, great movie. Yeah. Uh, again, Tommy Lee, fucking Full Tilt, um, and like a great plot, which is like, this guy was a Green Beret, fucking bummed out, whatever, depressed, PTSD, became a cook. So to have this guy, you have Steven Seagal the whole time, this is like, I'll show you a little trick how to make C4 with fucking brown sugar. You know what I mean? Like, he's <laughs> like, 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 he's just, he's like, so it's a great movie. So then Under Siege 2, takes place um, a couple like years, couple years later where um, Casey Ryback, classic movie name, Casey Ryback has retired from the forces. He's gone. Like the start of every action movie is like the guy's left and now he's, he's got his own restaurant in like, I think like Denver or Boulder or something. Oh, I thought he doesn't work on the train. No, 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 no. He's he not like the guy who sells you the microwave hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Want a motherfucking Hot Pockets? <laughs> Um, no, he's opened his own restaurant, which is like very successful. And he like, you know, his chef is like, God damn it, chef. We got to, we got to burn more potatoes. You got to run this. He's like, don't worry, calm down. It's all going to work out. So he goes on this train, right? With his niece, who is played by young uh, Catherine Heigl, his niece. And I think he's like going to, I haven't seen it in like three years. He's going to take her, he's basically going to take her home. And they're on this big train. And unfortunately for them, they picked the worst time to go on this train ride. Because um, 
this train is the perfect place for one of my all-time favorite movie bad guys, action movie bad guys, to execute his master plan. Uh, we're talking Eric Bogosian, okay? I'm a huge fan of Eric Bogosian. Oh, yeah. He's a fucking very underutilized, fantastic actor. He can do comedy. He was great on Larry Sanders. Fucking great on Succession. Great actor. He's playing... He's playing the first time we have seen this character in a movie, which is the, I am the tech genius. I'm the evil tech genius. I don't remember seeing oh. that in movies before that. Like, I really yeah, don't. Because the point, yeah. The movie came out right as the internet kind of became a thing. Like, in 92, 91, whatever. This movie was like, the internet was a thing. And they're like, the bad guys now don't have to be like, scary European guys or like jacked dudes. They can be nerds, right? So Bogosian's in full fucking like tech nerd mode. And he created a program that is fucking insane. That's like, would never work. And it's like, he has created a satellite that basically can use particle technology, which is a hilarious thing. It's like, oh, it's particle technology. Like, if you want to justify anything, just take some term and add technology to, ah, stem cell technology, whatever. So he's got particle technology. So he can change, like, cause a weather reaction or make something blow up from this satellite in space. So like right away he blows up like, I think like a country or something. Which is <laughs> like, well, you should start small. <laughs> you should start small. But he designed this weapon. It was so deadly. It was so deadly that um, the government tried to kill him. And then he, he committed suicide, or so they think. What he's done is he's paired up with a bunch of paramilitary commandos to take control of this train and um, basically hold the world at ransom, right? That's like, that's like their big plan. Now, why they would choose a train, I don't know. I, I think they're just like, because no one will know where we are, but they're like, you could be in a car just as easily. <laughs> I don't know why you specifically need this train. But the whole point is they have to get this all done before the train heads into what's called dark territory, where there's no radio, there's nothing. So Seagal, of course, is on it. Um, some really light comic turns by Morris Chestnut, guy I'm a big fan of. But uh, it's just Casey Ryback beating the fuck out of these paramilitary guys on a train. So it's just like, it's incredibly pleasing. Very good bad guys. The main bad guy, can't remember his name. Real tough looking motherfucker. Seen him in a lot of 80s movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's yes. really good. Peter Green was a really good scumbag. He, yeah. He's a bad guy. Um, some really, really good deaths. Seagal is like not here's the thing in fucking under siege an under siege it's his movie but like Tommy Lee Jones Gary Busey that's a big part of it Erica Leniak's part of it this is his movie like it's just he it's just him it's just him they'll dip into Bogosian for the threat but then it goes right back to Seagal it's definitely the best of his middle period and anytime it is on tv I will watch it and I told my wife I was in this podcast and she goes why are you, what, 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 what are you talking about? I go, bad movies. She goes, which one? I go, well, most thing about Under Siege 2. She goes, I saw the theaters. I loved it. I was like, fucking yes. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that's like basically my list, guys. I was just saying, um, I've been Patrick Kilpatrick. Patrick Kilpatrick. How is Patrick that for a bad guy's name? Come on. He's, right? Yes. Uh, so many. Very enjoyable. He negates himself. Patrick Kilpatrick. <laughs> Patrick Kilpatrick. Patrick Kilpatrick. <laughs> I'm here. 
Uh, but that's my list. These are well, movies that I you. think I think if you were to have a glass of wine or maybe a marijuana cigarette, uh, I feel like you would watch these and your life might not get richer, but you will absolutely uh, enjoy all 10 of these titles. Uh, I, I can I can only quibble with a couple of them. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> which ones which was your biggest bump, Josh? I, I, I can't I can't do this at all. I just I have a pathological thing. I under siege I, I enjoy very much. Um, and uh uh, I have I've been trying to figure out which of his recent ones I should give a shot to because I hear there's oh. kind of a, there's well, kind of how about, joy to those. Well, if you want, I can recommend a couple. There's one called The China Connection. Um, there's one called uh, uh, Hold on, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna read you the name of his last five movies. Here, guys, stand by. And you and you continue. Are you staying up with him? Is that the? Uh... Uh, I uh, I'll watch a few here and there. Um, uh, he must be very grateful for your loyalty. I think he is not. There's Contract to Kill. There's The Perfect Weapon, Asian Connection, uh, Sniper, Special Ops. Uh, there's all kinds, Josh. And all of them, you will see a man who does not feel the need to move. <laughs> uh, he's comfortable where he's at. And uh, he is going to kill a lot of people and probably have sex with uh, a... Wildly uh, inappropriate. Wildly inappropriate yes. young uh, Romanian actress uh, while he was. I guess that's the key when you said comfortable, because that was the thing. Because I remember, Jody, remember there was an LA Times article about him uh, uh, when, when they were first foisting him upon us? Because what was the deal? He was, was it Michael Eisner's uh, Doja massage therapist or something? Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, there was this article in the LA Times, and I first thought it was a joke, because uh, I thought this man just looks constipated. And, and that's my, you know, aside from everything else, every time I see him, he just looks constipated. His face, his resting constipated face. Have you ever heard Stephen Tobolowsky's story about him? I, I have not. It's, it's, it's the, you can literally Google it and find it, but long story short, they were in a movie called The Glimmer Man. Oh, yes. Which was him and Keenan Ivory Wayans. And Tobolowsky tells the story a lot funnier, but he shows up for the first day of the shoot. And the first day, it's his big death scene. And he shows up and the director, I don't know who it is, is like, Stephen, we got a big problem. We got a big problem. Uh, Seagal became a Buddhist over the <laughs> summer and he doesn't, he doesn't want to kill anyone in the movie. He just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't want to kill anyone. And so help me out. So poor Tobolowski is like, okay. And he, he goes to make up and he sees Seagal and he's like, Stephen, how are you? And, He's like, uh, what do you think about this scene? It's a pretty uh, intense scene. And Seagal's like, yeah, it is. And in fact, I don't think I should kill you. I don't think I, don't think I can kill anyone in this movie. And Tobolowski's like, well, let me just say this, Stephen. My character is a murderer and a rapist. He's a very sick man. And he's begging to be set free. And <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you killed him, you would be doing him a real kindness. So I was like, that's a good fucking idea. Maybe I'll think about that. So he does it. And they're like, great. And then he comes back in after they wrap. And the director's like, I need you to ADR a bunch of shit after he shoots you. And he's like, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, that scene that we shot is kind of early in the film. And throughout the film, Seagal kept improvising. Sure, I'm glad I didn't kill that guy in the church. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to have Tobolowski 
you know, he was, they filmed him getting shot dead, but then they ADR'd him going like, oh, don't leave me here. Oh, I'm dying. No, 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 don't do this. I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm getting better. God bless wow. Steven Seagal. God bless you guys for having me on. Yes, no, thank you. Um, uh, I may I may track down Mojo Priest and go out with a track from that. Uh, yes. On this episode, that is uh, Steven Seagal's blues album, which <laughs> horrifyingly I have heard. Um, well, uh, Ike, thank That's you right. so much for joining us. This was a, a, a real delight. This Somehow all these movies a, a are... A break from the usual deep dish movies that we talk about here. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and I also think that um, somehow these are films that in times like this might um, play much better than they would in, say, happier times. I think so, except Outbreak. That except one Outbreak. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that one. That, um, I think anybody who's going to watch Outbreak... Andromeda Strain instead. Yeah. <laughs> Contagion. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, thank you, sir. You guys Thanks, be bye. safe. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Our show was recorded from several well-stocked bunkers. We can't wait to get back to beautiful downtown Burbank. We're the official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the Movies That Made. Stay safe out there, folks. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.